I'll be with you in a minute. Okay, come on. What is happening over here? I mean, oh my god, it hurts so much right now. I mean, I your elbow. <laughs> yeah, I want your elbow. Do you know what our listeners are going to think you guys are doing? Because all they Why hear is are our listeners going to know what's happening. Because the people. The people on YouTube, the people that are not watching us will have no idea because they'll only hear your audio of you moaning. Right. Oh, right. You got it. Yep. It cracked. Yep. I got She's it. getting oh, her back cracked by her boyfriend right now. Are we rolling? Yeah. Oh. We are. Oh. Could you get in here? Welcome, Welcome to Gangster Goddess <laughs> Broadcast. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. You're welcome. Oh, this is a full service podcast. <laughs> oh. Hold on a minute. Let me get in here. I never know I what feel is refreshed. going on. I feel refreshed after I had an elbow in my back side. Yes. Um, oh, I didn't even know. I'm sorry. Yes, the listeners, no. you say the listeners, you say this, you say that. We're um, rewatching right now. Season two, episode four. Every formula. Coming at you live from Venus. Uncle Dre and Auntie Chris bring you Gangster Goddess Broadcast. Okay. Yeah, I am. Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are yeah. you? Um, I, I felt a little busted just now with my back, but I think I've been readjusted. Literally readjusted. Yeah. That's nice. What's mm -hmm. going on with you this week? Um, just busted with my back and I feel hazy and weird. I think it's the full moon and I feel like... Um, Monkey, who I take care of, I always mm -hmm. talk about Monkey, in case mm -hmm. anybody doesn't know. She was my nanny growing up, and I take care of her. She's been in excruciating pain in her hip, and I can't bring her to get an x-ray because she's in her 80s, and mm -hmm. she's diabetic, and she's immunosuppressed. So that's been, um, I, you know, I just keep trying to, when I go to bed at night, I'm like, just give me her pains. Just give Aww. me her pains because she sleeps next to me yeah. in the next bedroom. So I'm always just sort of trying to infiltrate her hip and bring her pain into my hip. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I take it? Can no I take wonder why you just had to get your back cracked. Maybe it's going to your back Maybe, instead of your head. But she's still in pain. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway, that so has me tough. busted. I, I don't I don't blame you for that. What about you, Chris? You busted or you or are you adjusted? I'm not mine's not not that deep, but um last night I had a crazy dream. I know you love dreams. And Hold on, let me okay. put my foot <laughs> I, oh. had, I had a crazy dream about these big snakes. Oh, and I was walking on a field, like a, a baseball field, and there was these trees in the distance, and these snakes were tangled in the trees. And one of them fell, and I was so freaked out. You know me with snakes. It's like my biggest phobia. Yeah. And I don't know what that, I mean, I know you always say rebirth, but like, it took me a second today to readjust after that dream. Like, what is you that? You have a thing with snakes. I think that you, it, it might be your totem. It might be your spirit animal. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised. I have to call my shaman friend and see what she sees next to you. Please. Because I'm curious. Because I don't know what's going on. I had another dream like last week that my dog, I spoke about it on our last podcast, Made Women. My dog, Izzy, Black Lab, had passed she, just from old age. And in my dream last week, Izzy was in it, and she Ooh. was half snake, half dog. Ooh. Is that crazy? It's like, it sounds like you've been watching Harry Potter like me. I mean, you like have me every been. I have not We've been, been watching it till 2 a.m. every night. But, yeah. We should be doing a Harry Potter rewatch. Yeah, right next. Now. And we could talk about <laughs> your dog, who's half snake, 
half lab. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's so cute. And I couldn't understand why I was still afraid of snakes as I'm like, but she's half snake. And I think she's so cute. So I was accepting of this animal. Were you afraid when you saw her? No, but I, in my head, I'm like, but she's a snake. Because the dreams are always how, I always think for me, I could be wrong about this, mm-hmm. um, how you feel when you're in the dream. So you can be dreaming about rats no, I was okay. or something. And if you're not afraid, then there's no. I was okay. And then my dream last night with the snakes in the trees, I was kind of okay too. But I mean, I just couldn't get over how big these snakes were because they were huge. But anyway, yeah. Readjusting all day with my snake dreams. That's and you it. haven't been watching Harry Potter? No, not at all. I haven't been watching anything. Oh, I've been watching Shark Tank constantly with my family. My kids are addicted to Shark Tank. That's really funny. Isn't it? Maybe they'll take care of you one day. I hope so. I think that uh, before we even get into our episode recap and all that stuff, um, I would just like to say that this episode today is brought to you by our special sponsors, Proof Panties. I'm known to podcast in my Proof Panties. It's a true story. Um... Let's get into the actual episode. Shall I read the episode? Recap? Yes, let's do it. Oh my God, my glasses are... I don't even... They are? Yeah. Filthy. Just just do it. Let's get in it. On today's episode of The Sopranos, Commendatore, Tony and his associates take a business trip to Italy where Tony negotiates with Annalisa. Paulie wants to rediscover his roots only to realize he has a distaste for Italy. If I 100% agree with that. And Christopher remains high on heroin almost the entire time. Mm. Bastard. Carm tries to convince Angie Bompensero not to get a divorce, which forces her to re-examine her own thoughts on her marriage to Tony. Pussy handles a too-close-for-comfort encounter with an Elvis impersonator. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, let's, let's talk about a few things here. It's directed by Timmy Van Patten. Mm-hmm. It's written by David Chase. Um <clears throat> I didn't know this, but originally David Chase was supposed to direct this episode. Oh, really? And then he ended up choosing Timmy to direct it. Um, although he did go to Italy and because he's in that one scene. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, and he's smoking a cigarette, which I, I thought know, was so strange. Because so I don't ever remember David smoking a cigarette. Well, but is, I could be wrong. This is weird in general yeah. now to see um, people. Anyway, so let's <clears> talk <throat> about the title for a second, like we always do. Title talk. Although I don't know that we have to go too deep into this title, but a commendatore is, um, it's an honorable title in Italian society, like mm-hmm. commander. Um, and Pauly can't stop saying it through the whole episode. I, he's so <laughs> cute with it, though. He's like, everything is so new and exciting to him. I know. And he's like, he's like the regular dude that doesn't get excited, really. I mean, he's, you know. I no, just he was very like, excited. And, you know, and he says, he references <clears throat> in, in The Legend of Tennessee Moltisanti that, you know, I'm it's just, you know, I never, you know, I don't have an arc. Look at me. I'm no. just, a, and I'm fine with the way I am. Until so he gets to like Italy. A, a big moment yeah. for him yeah. to, um, to experience the, uh, but it, it could have been Newark. It could have been anywhere that they were because as much as it was Naples and it's beautiful and mm-hmm. old and, 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 and just ancient, really, mm-hmm. um, it's, there's still the regularness. They can't yeah. escape the regularness of life and how things are similar. And we'll get into that because mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of, um, so a lot of themes and a lot of choices that were made that were the opposite choices you would think they would make for a vacation to Italy episode. Yeah. The total, everything was, um, they're shattering the mythology 
of the Godfather. Yeah, they're shattering the the the, ro- the romanticizing of even just the landscapes of Italy because mm-hmm. everything is so highly polluted. Every every um, spot they chose was totally polluted. I know that beach scene. Even the cave. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. The beach was filthy. Filthy. There I was even like- noticed. That he, his feet were getting wet in the water. Oh, I know. He's walking with shoes. And I, I, I made sure to look. Did he have shoes on? Yes. Right? He was wearing shoes and socks. But they walking had to in keep a certain line I to walk. Know. How know? many times do you think he walked that line through the water? I don't know. But I've heard a few stories about this episode because it was a big deal when yeah. they went there. So there was a lot of things that you wouldn't expect that I was shocked to hear, too. Like what? Well, we'll go through it. Let's go through it. Okay, uh, let's do it. Okay, um, so um, we're in the, let's get right into the Bada Bing back room. Uh, before we do that, though, I do want to say that, uh-huh. and I mentioned this with Sophia, is that I know that some of the themes of this episode um, are the Madonna whore yeah. uh, themes, because there's a lot of heavy <laughs> female, um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of female stuff going on, even though the men are going to Italy. Mm-hmm. It's still a, a, fair, a totally female-centric episode. Oh, yes. And... Um, I think Sophia's line, you are your own worst enemy, which I said to her when yeah. we were talking to her, is uh, is sort of, as we go through scene by scene, we'll, we'll ask the question, is this person their own worst enemy? Because okay. I think it sort of overarches through, through the whole episode. Anyway. Sounds good, Dre. Mm-hmm. And I love that David Chase chose to, to deal with female gangsters. Because it's a real thing. It's yeah. really real out there. And the Neapolitans, more than the um, drangheta, I'm not saying it right. She said it with an N, right? It, it is. Ngeta. It's N-D-R. It's N-D-R-A-N-G-H-E-T-A, That's I think. a weird spelling, yeah. Yeah. That's the Calabrian Mafia in Italy, and they destroy their women. Um, you can't. You can't. Um, you can't leave your husband. If, if your husband's in jail and you divorce... They, you, you can be killed. Yeah. So, it's a. I think it's kind of an important thing to oh, just God, bookmark. Forget if you cheat, you're killed if you cheat. Too. Yeah. 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 But I think it's important to I bookmark because you have all these um, scenes <clears throat> of Annalisa that cut to scenes of An- of Angie Bompensero where she wants to divorce her husband. And in America, while that's okay, then you have Carmela saying that it's not okay in the Catholic Church. But we know what Carmela is really talking about. She's yeah. using her religion as an excuse. Oh, yeah. Um, but I to think that explore her own issues. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll get into that all stuff too. Yeah, because there's a lot of good scenes back and forth. Um, in the Bada Bing back room. The Bada Bing. The Bada Bing. Oh, I mean, it cleverly opens on the very first. Image is what? FBI. Okay. The FBI warning. Oh, thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, me you're reading talking into about, shit. Are you talking about on the video? Well, they're about to watch The Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two. They're about to watch The Godfather 2, which I haven't watched in years. I just watched one. Um, but the FBI warning comes up first. I mean, they didn't have to start on the, on the FBI warning, and they did. So mm-hmm. that was a choice. I think that was clearly a choice. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about, they're romanticizing The Godfather. And Tony Soprano doesn't want to hear, doesn't want to hear it. He's not interested because he's the realist here. He's going to Italy to deal with business. Well, he um, talks about his favorite. everyone else is romanticizing it. 
He talks about his favorite scene, right? He does. Mm -hmm. I forgot. What was his favorite scene? I don't even remember. But what stuck out to me more Mm -hmm. was Pussy says, um, no, I think, wait, what what comes first? Pussy asks about Junior. So he's trying to get information, clearly, um, for Skip Lapari. Yeah. Um, And then it cuts to uh, Polly Walnut saying, you know what my favorite scene is? Um, it was you, Fredo. And that's the scene, that's where you find out that uh, Fredo betrayed his family. Yeah. So, yeah, and they cut straight to pussy or back and forth, whatever that mm-hmm. was. So that makes total sense. Um, oh, yeah, and it's a, if it's a bootlegged Godfather DVD, by the way, which it was, <laughs> then that is against the law, which is why there's an FBI oh, warning. Oh, yes, that's true. Okay, so, now. of course, that they're mm-hmm. doing all kinds of things wrong i really wish sometimes that i didn't have this this microphone in front of me or that i could see better and i wouldn't have to put my glasses (laughs) on so much um but then he beats the shit out of the the dvd uh player with his shoe but i thought it was really cute that they're all like having movie night together Oh, they're all they're all little little chairs are set up uh, set up i heard that this scene was not Mm -hmm. in the script Oh, and really? I forget because all my scri- all my scripts burned in my freaking fire. I had all my piles oh. of scripts, which, by the way, guys, were all signed by the entire cast. Oh my god, you're killing me! Yeah, I had tons of those scripts, um, but yeah, this scene was an afterthought. This episode actually dealt with the car theft more than anything. They shot other scenes oh, really? that ended up not making it into the episode. So this scene was filmed, I think, after. They shot most of the episode. David huh. must have thought they needed it or yeah. something. Then so we end up with the, uh, with the, what? Where are we? The carjacking. Oh, my God. I know. The two men with the guns and the dog. But wait um, a second. Being a New Yorker who lived on the Upper East Side, and she says, you know it's like this every Sunday. That was me every Sunday coming back from the Hamptons. I don't want to sound like a total brat, but <laughs> that was me coming home from the Hamptons in my Bronco and yeah. not being able to park in the fucking garage and being like every fucking Sunday. It's the same shit. Everyone's coming home from the motherfucking yeah. Hamptons. Hamptons. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that reminded. But they were so despicable. He was so annoying. He was disgusting. That fucking guy that Total his dog racist. even runs away. Yeah. His dog's like, fuck you. I'd rather leave. I'm <laughs> fucking like, out of here. His family, I'm out. Yeah. I'm and out. then he's, you know, he call, he uses derogatory language in front of his kids. And then he and his wife goes, you know, yells at him and he goes, well, who else? I know. And then who else is it? It's the Italians. It's Tony Soprano. It's Tony motherfucking Soprano. Mm-hmm. Going through his po- Polaroids in the yeah. waiting room. Amazing. Oh, and you know what I loved in that scene? I mean, I, did I love it? I don't know. But I just took note. What? Was the World Trade Center. Oh. In all its glory, right oh. before you see the family. Oh, my God. Because that was it. Every Sunday night when I'd be driving home from the beach, I would. that's what I would see, too. Oh, God. Yeah. So sad. It's, it's not going to be in the episodes much longer. No. Yeah. Um, so they're at Tony and Junior are at the doctor. They're with the doctor. Yeah, um, this scene's not one of those like deep. No, but scenes. I think it's nice you see that like Tony forgives. Yeah, I mean he obviously is forgiven Junior in this scene because when he pats him on the back. Well, he's so pretty sweet. much telling him, I'm taking your fucking car business, and he says to him, Lose the miserable puss, it's mine now. I don't know. I just felt like there was something more behind that. There was something more to the relationship. 
And that Tony's on a different Tony's note. there just to get information about Z Vittorio and to see if he's related to any of them. He's telling mm. them he's going to Italy. I don't think Tony's there to... Uh, no, I read it nah. differently. I don't know. No, I think he's asking about the car op. Yeah. Because the car op is the new big thing that they're dealing with. And they're about to make a lot of money doing it. Well, he's going to charge double. He's going to get double the money that Junior was getting. Um, but, you know, the, I, I, the disappointment... Mm-hmm. That you see from all of the actors yeah. in this in this um, episode about not being able to see foreign things and not being able to mm-hmm. to branch out. Uh, and he says to him, "You know, it ain't over yet." Yeah. It's kind of insensitive. He's not being totally sensitive. I disagree with you, Chris. We're okay, fight. that's fine. Should we fight? I thought it was nice. Should we karate I chop thought it he out was right here. He was consoling oh, yeah. his uncle. He was consoling his uncle. I thought it was nice. I didn't think he consoled him that much. I mean, he did what he could do. Their relationship isn't 100% back together, but like, he didn't have to see their own he worst enemy in that He could have said, fuck you, old man. Bye bye. Like, I don't give a fuck. He could have been like, if that was his mother, there would have been a different, there, there was a little bit of, of compassion yeah, behind Junior still it. knows the business and yeah. Tony still finds him useful. There's information. That's his only link left to that world of, of, of your the old world. You see how yeah. what's happening with me lately with all these weird people coming out of the woodwork yeah. and telling me things about my family that I never knew. Mm-hmm. It's like that. So I want to hang out, hang well, on to some of these people because I want to hear the story of my ancestors right now because I feel like my ancestors are trying to communicate with so me. So you think Tony's hanging on to Junior because of that? I definitely think that he holds the key to a lot of, even to Tony's probably to a large degree, his masculinity. His and his. Well, he's a link to his father too, yeah. to some degree. And you know, he—I mean, he's got. I mean, I Tony. Know. Yes, he has more heart than Junior for sure. But you see that Junior is is sad, and then mm-hmm. boom, <clears throat> cut to the Soprano house, and now you have more pissed off family members yes. that Tony's going. So you know, in this last scene with Junior and the one with Tony, it's like—is Junior his own worst enemy? Of course, Junior has been his own worst enemy. And like I said, every scene that we go through, I think we're going to be able to find that. That um that theme. Um, now they're in the Soprano house, and now Tony's his own worst enemy because he never took his wife on a vacation or, yeah. when he was supposed to. She's her own worst <laughs> enemy because she's showing all her fucking cards. And Meadows being a brat. Yep, she's just a kid. She's, <laughs> she's just, just a being kid. a kid. Yeah, um, but of course, you know, and Tony's like, you know, you want me to help you with the roast? She's like, it's on the fucking counter. Like, cut the roast. You want to help with the roast? Cut the roast. Don't you don't need to ask me. He's trying to, he's trying to be, he's oh, trying to like get in there because he knows she's pissed roast. off and I'm starving. I want to eat a roast right now. I think now. we talk about food every episode. I think we always do our rewatches around dinner time. I think that sitting on this couch is becoming too comfortable. I think, I think we might need a table. I think table. we need to be sitting at a table. I think we might need a table. With, with, a, with a little buffet in between us. Yeah. And we can eat while we talk about the show. Cheese and crackers and some. It would be lovely. It would be lovely. Um, anyway, she's pissed. And, yeah. you know, Meadow is romanticizing Italy beyond belief. Carmela is furious that she, well, she also had made plans that she wanted to go with Rosalie. Right. I don't was that rem- season one? I don't remember She mentions that. it to him. But anyhow, uh-huh. um, yeah, that's a, a, a scene where, where everybody's pissed. Um, and I mean, I, I know what that feels like. Yeah, he's to, treading lightly. He's like, do you want me to help with the roast? Like, 
But he's he trying. He to. doesn't fucking help with the rest. No, he doesn't. He's just because he, he is. It's just like enemy. talk, just to try to like yeah. de- de- uh, deviate from the conversation. But she's as you know, it, if my wife were carrying on like that too, it would also be like, all right. He's got. I don't business. know who I am. Tony's the focus, man or the female. Tony's here? focus is business, you know, and he wants to go yeah. see Italy. That's it. Yeah, he's um, all business. Everyone else is romanticizing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now we got big pussy at the um and Skip at the party store with Skip. Yes, and uh, he's giving him all the intel on Italy. Yeah, he's basically telling him two cars, a container. Um, he says that Chris, uh, Chris might get his button. Yep. Yeah. So we know we learn now that Chris is not made. Um, well, we know that. I think he's been talking about it. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, Paulie even says to him, this is no way to get fucking to get your Maybe button, kid. Get your button. You know, mm-hmm. sit in a hotel room with diarrhea, which was not the case. No. Um, but this was a real Elvis impersonator. He was the real deal. What do you, that really? Guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. How do you know? Just yeah. from hearing on the set? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yes. I was. I asked a few questions about this one. Oh, good. Um. And he says, what is, he was great, the guy. He goes, did I ever meet any connected guys in Delaware? <sighs> the answer is no, no, no. <laughs> so he fucking already knows that he's just, I mean, he, by saying that line, that line got him killed. Yeah. Yeah. With a hammer. Yeah. With a hammer. That line got him killed. With a hammer. Um, yeah. And he goes, you, Mr. Rude Cocksucker, I'll see you later. Own worst enemy. Yeah, he's Again, his own worst enemy for They sure. both are. They yes. both are. Because Pussy, <laughs> you know, the, Skip already said, we're here for my kid's baptism or confirmation. And then fucking Pussy's saying, I'm here for my, my uh, a, ba- a bachelor party yeah. or something. It's like, just let let it be. Like, chill the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, no, they got scared. So he got scared. He got scared. And then he runs out and the Bocelli swells. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to the scene of all the women at at the lunch, and this scene is I know. Angie Tony Calum, she was amazing. Oh my god, amazing! I was dying to speak to her about her performance because this performance, along with Sophia's, it's so good, stellar. I mean, really. Well, she's she's sharing that she's gonna kill herself. You believe it? Like I was just like, when she was going on that restaurant. Oops. Right. Oops. Oops. Um, So she's sharing that she has a thought about killing herself. She's unhappy. She says she might has she might have cancer, and that big pussy doesn't care. Even, but even beyond that, what struck me as an Italian American who Mm -hmm. grew up loving Italian American movies, yeah, and um, her portrayal of the epitome of the Italian American woman, yeah, is. You know, Annalisa, Sophia with the Italian woman, that's one thing. But the Italian-American woman is a whole different experience. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a neighborhood thing. It's it's so um, it's usually on the small minded side to a degree when you have someone like Adriana. Carmela's not like that. Um, Angie's not like that. But they usually fall into that category of not being able to get out of this life. Mm-hmm. Um. And she's made a choice. Aside from that, the humor. First, it's funny because she's funny. Her, her, the way she plays that Italian American thing. Even Adriana, when she's tragic, it's still funny. Yeah, oh, it's hysterical. You know? Yeah, 
<laughs> and she, I mean, Tony does more acting with her tongue in the episode. I don't even want to imitate because she does it so perfect. But when she's like, like when she's had enough, her tongue kind of comes out a yeah. little and she's like, it's so fucking genius. It's, it's, she's every amazing. beat. She had every beat mapped out is the way it felt. Um, and I don't mean that in a way where you felt her acting because you don't. It's Mm-mm. just so. Uh, just on point. Yeah. It's so on point with like a Spike Lee film or a, a Scorsese. Um, it's just just perfect it was perfect casting perfect acting and then she goes on tony calum actually and directs um an episode in season five and that's when i want to bring her oh good and she was on the wanderer in the in the wanderers on the wanderer Mm -hmm. i'm like you right now oh thanks she was in the wanderers bring me bring me into it bring me into your (laughs) your verbal your verbal (laughs) gymnastics right now just bring me into it. Rob, you like that? <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Um, <laughs> bring me down with you, kid. So let's, let's go. Uh, let's talk about that scene. Let's yeah. talk about that scene for a minute. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So they're she's all unhappy she, at that table, by the way. No, they're miserable. She's saying she wants a divorce. Um, back in our parents' day, this was frowned upon. Carm's thinking about the religion and her own life. <laughs> Oh my God, in my notes, I wrote good tongue acting. Great scene. <laughs> I The part that got me with her that, mm-hmm. that welled up some tears is when she says, and, and I know that all of us women can relate to this. I he know. doesn't ask me how I am. Touch my face or something. When she says touch my face or something. Oh, that was the moment where I, I was just like, oh, fuck, I know that feeling, man. When you're living with a man who's so self-involved. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you don't know what that's like because you've been with Dave for all these years. Forever. But I'm sure you've had that experience. <laughs> of course. Where, I've had relationships that were, you know, weren't affectionate. I didn't feel anything. But you haven't gone through cancer. Mm-hmm. He was not distant towards you. No, but I will tell you. He was in mode of I'm taking care of the kids because we had the babies at the time. Right. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And Dave went into like fight or flight mode. So oh, where I wanted him to like cry with me or break down with me, he was like went into I'm going to take care of everything. Right. And that and I'm like, don't you care? I might die. Like, and it, you know, you always want something that, you know, but I realized through him doing that and taking care of my doctor's calls and fielding them with me and what route to take with chemo or this or that. And the kids, I realized that's how he dealt with it. You, you guys know? are real partners. Though. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. watching us do this podcast together, all of us, because it's the four of us. It's yeah. Chris and her husband. And it's me and my boyfriend. And, um... It's, so we got a good amazing. crew. We got it's a good crew. Amazing. Um, what what struck me in that scene was when Angie said, "I heard the door, then his voice. I'm home. Uh, I heard then his voice. I'm home and fucking wanted to vomit. Vomit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to vomit. And he, she said, after all that worry, he might be dead. My heart just sank, and I wished. And Rosalie said he had died. And they all and they like she they all went through that. Yeah, harm Rosalie, even though. Her husband's not with her anymore. Like they all can relate to that feeling of these guys and the life that they're in. Yeah. But I love when Sharon, <clears throat> who, first of all, Sharon's faces, because she doesn't have that much to say in this scene. Mm-hmm. Her expressions are some of my favorite fucking things. I'm talking about Sharon Angela, Angela. guys, who plays Rosalie April. 
And um, she goes, uh, you fucking nosy, eat your money got. <laughs> I loved that scene. I, she's great. She, like I said, I think oh. I've said this before on Made Women. She reminds me of like, I think I have two aunts that just like, there's such oh. a familiar vibe with her and these two aunts. It's great. She feels like home. Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. We'll have her. We'll have her on the show. I'm excited. She might just, maybe we'll just have her do a rewatch with us. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know if she's in any episodes heavily this season, but um, anyway, so then Bocelli swells up again uh-huh. and now we see the airplane going to Italy. So it's romantic. Everything is romanticized. You think that it's going to be this grand them landing and this beautiful scene set up. And no. What does David Chase do? He does the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. He does the complete opposite every step of the way. And this is why the show is so genius. Because you're expecting this Godfather-like experience. And even though, I mean, a Godfather-like experience is not necessarily a great experience. But... um, it's it, he <clears throat> totally demystifies and deromanticizes the entire um, experience of yeah. going to Italy and going to the old country. Um, and I think, oh, this was actually some of the stuff that I read about this episode. It's the first scene they shot when they got to Italy. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the very first scene they shot. I heard it was total chaos uh-huh. that everything they couldn't figure out the Italian crew that it, there was so much shit going on <gasps> that it got so late that they couldn't shoot that scene with coverage. And coverage means like right now we have a single on we have a, a two shot on me and Chris and then we have singles. Right. Yeah. Um, that's coverage. They only had time to shoot the master. So if you watch the scene, uh-huh. it only lives in the master. The master is usually shot first, and then you pull. I'm picking my nose, guys, and I really don't care because I have an itch. She's got an itchy nose. Um, so yeah, everything is is shot in this in this wide shot, and also even when they got into the hotel, which mm-hmm. was the second shot, I think, um, they had to keep it to a minimum of shots because, and that became the theme of their whole trip. They had to keep every scene. To a minimum of shots. Because they were running out of time, you said, right? Constantly running out of time. Because they weren't used to not having their entire crew set up. So they had an Italian crew. So there was also tons of language barriers. They had to readjust. Yeah. And I think they they had to readjust. And they had, I heard that they had dialect coaches. They had um, translators. But it was still really, um, probably in a large part, not as organized as it normally would be. And Naples is tiny. I'm sure it's like it's hard to shoot in all these these spots and there's a lot of people. So, um, yeah. Oh, and then also in the hotel room, Uh the shot of of that guy's arm, Tano's arm, when they when they clock the the heroin tracks. Are you talking about when uh, Chris notices Furio's associate's arm, Tano, at the hotel? That's an insert shot that they shot in in New York. Oh, really? Silver Cup, Silver Cup Studios. That's yeah. what Chris was like, yeah. Because they couldn't Party get those time. inserts. He's like, I can't, I didn't know who, who to get drugs from in, <laughs> in Italy. He's like, and now I got my hookup. But wait, was he doing heroin yet? I don't know. Is this I the don't... first time it's heroin? No, no, no. Because you guys had a conversation with those. Um, he was cooking his drugs. Yeah. Right? And you embarrassed but him. But I thought it was meth. 
I, I don't know. It was crystal meth. <clears throat> I don't that's know. A, a dr- it was heroin? Uh, Robbie's looking at me from across the room. I think so. Correcting the, the cast member I of The Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. This is when I wish I... the fans could chime in with us. I wish I they know. were like, no, it was heroin. It was crystal meth. Dre, you're an idiot. You fucking suck. We need like Didn't a you watch live the show? something happening. I know. I wish we had like a tiny studio audience. <laughs> going there i was talking about like like a live feed somehow like questions popping up so then you know christopher's got all these like he wants to hit the top of beaches he wants to uh, mount vesuvius he wants to do all these things and um he sees these track marks and he gets stopped in his track yeah he got a boner he got a boner for those tracks he got a drug boner yep (laughs) drug boner terrible and this is the first time we meet furio junta yes I yeah. like him. I fucking love him. I, I do like him. I love him on the show. Um, he is actually an Italian man born in New Jersey. Oh, really? Patterson. Patterson. Is that where you're from? No, but like, well, Patterson. Okay. Don't get so excited. No, I get out. You want to do like a fucking every, cartwheel? Listen Let's move the mics for you. S- no, stop this. I am every. on your face. Can you get it off? Right here. Um, I am like every New Jersey person when we hear especially if you don't live in new jersey anymore now i live in la if you hear anything about where you're from in new jersey that's why this show is so exciting for us jersey people we're like oh my god that was shot here that was shot in lodi that was shot it's all i don't know i don't you don't don't know anything guys i don't understand Um, anything about patterson new jersey Jersey is right next to wayne new jersey i lived in wayne we used to go up the street to brother bruno's pizzeria off ratzer road Mm. and eat pizza in Patterson, New Jersey, because it was the Mm. line that separated us. And yeah, it was like I was, yeah, the the hospital we went to, Patterson, New Jersey. Anyway, Patterson. Delicious pizza. Anywho, back to the um, Sopranos. Um, So yeah, that's the first time we meet Furio Junta. I like saying his name. He's got a good voice. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is when um, Paulie hears the word. I want you to say it. Commendatory. Commendatory. <laughs> Even better. It's the greatest thing. You got to stop this oh, with this so name good. shit. I love it. I love it. Commendatory. Yes. Commendatory. <laughs> oh my God. Let's stop. So Go. then we cut to Carmela on the phone. And it this this scene reminds me of a Spike Lee scene. 100%. It's those quick frenetic cuts of the girls gossiping. Yeah. I right? see that. Uh-huh. Like a good, fe- it almost reminds me of Goodfellas, yeah. Spike Lee. Like it's got that vibe, that that 90s. Um, that 90s feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Uh, and then we're back to Tony and Polly arriving at dinner with the Capos. Okay. Now. Yes. Can you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. And you're going to be really, really shocked. What? Um, those scenes in the restaurant uh-huh. were not shot in Italy. They weren't? No. They probably couldn't deal with it. They were they're shot running in, in New York City. They were. Yep. Yeah, I don't in blame them. In a restaurant them. in New York City. Um, yep. Yeah, because they could make any. I'm not that shocked because they can make any restaurant look look like a Italian restaurant. Well, first Why of all. Why would you go to Italy to shoot this? Well, half of those actors were Italian. Oh. So, so they like had that. to fly in all these actors mm-hmm. um, that didn't speak any English. Have a translator. Oh, my God. The old man, Vittorio, his real name is Vittorio. He's a real Italian actor, oh, really? director. Yeah, his, his character's mm-hmm. name is Z Victori- Vittorio. Mm-hmm. And then on the, um, in real life, his name is Vittorio. He was 
And he's an old man. He was an old man then. And he didn't know any of his lines. So they had to feed him Aww. those lines. Um, I heard Tim, Timmy Van Patten say that those lines had to be fed to him repeatedly over and over and over again. Major Degan Expressway. <laughs> Wheelchair Boulevard. Yeah. And that she, that the wheelchair, there's something wrong with his wheelchair. Yeah, I know. It's that so was the greatest. But um, also David Chase was super concerned with the accents. He wanted to make sure that the Neapolitan dialect was intact. So it wasn't just um, translating for Italian and having Italian speaking Italian. He wanted to make sure the Italians had the right dialect for the show. It was that important to him. That's what makes this show so great. But huge dinner scenes are notoriously the hardest things to shoot. Really? Why? Well, because first of all, to get through everyone's coverage... Uh, to get everyone's close-up. Mm-hmm. And usually it's two cameras for something like that. But when you're using two cameras, it compromises lighting. Unless everything is lit, but then you have lights in the shot. So everything Only is, two cameras? I mean, it, this was about Polly. This was about was so many then. different people. And that was on film. Yeah, that's crazy. But now when we shoot, I remember when I was doing Shades of Blue, I was like, yo, three cameras today. Can we get three up and running so we can fuck out of here yeah they would have three cameras sometimes if there were a lot of us in a scene especially if you're outdoors and it's daylight but you oh. can't be in each other's shots and then all the lights and the flags and all of the oh equipment. my god yeah it's a nightmare um anyway so though the restaurant scenes mm-hmm. took i think something like i think it was an 18 hour shoot it oh, was something Jesus. crazy like that. i told you in the early days we were shooting a one hour episode and it, it was taking us about, it was taking, it's supposed to be seven days, mm-hmm. a se- like a, a, a shooting week, I think was like a seven day shooting week, uh-huh. but we were filming for 16 to 18 hours. <laughs> I'm just, just, my jeans are so tight right now. <laughs> you can't that I don't know how to sit oh my normally. Gosh. I know that normally I'm sitting. Everyone says that I, that my crotch should have its own show. Cause I'm always sitting like this, but, um. <laughs> Yeah, my pants are so tight. I'm afraid I'm going to oh, split my jeans because I can't stop eating in this fucking quarantine, and I'm starving right now. But anyway, yes. yeah, these big dinner scenes are a big deal. So but Sophia you, had you, to be flown in. But you said normally they take seven days. Oh, I want to hear that. They take, uh-huh. Yeah. So in season one, I remember shooting for seven days, and the days go like in that episode with Bokeem Woodbine, um, "A Hit Is a Hit," where I become the music manager. Yeah. We, we shot. We people are like, why did she meow? Was in the episode in case people haven't seen that. I think the scene in the in the recording studio. Uh-huh. I remember walking home with the kid that played the singer Richie Santini. Uh-huh. We walked home because we lived in the West Village or Eastville. I was in the East. Um, it was light out. We walked through Washington Square Park. That's how many hours we were shooting, wow. and it wasn't a night shoot. So. Oh I don't God. know how it happened, but eventually they had to add days to the work weeks. So an episode could take now 12 days to shoot or 10 days to shoot. It did seem like we started adding more days to the shooting schedule and shooting for less hours a, a day because actors and crew members need what's called a turnaround. Mm-hmm. They can only work a certain amount of hours before the you, the production company has to start paying them overtime. Yeah, that's what I say. So expensive. I loved my overtime. I'm sure everybody is like, we're in overtime. But I would rather have my my turnaround because I get tired, especially if I have to work the next morning. And if I have a lot of dialogue, you need to go home and memorize your lines, you know. But um, 
yeah, so these scenes with the whole Italy episode, I think things were just chaotic because yeah. it wasn't the regular formula for them. And um, yeah, it's probably why David Chase was like, you know what, Timmy, you can direct this one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so dinner, when they when they leave, well, first of all, I love how uh, mm. how Furio is doing all that translating. I know. And he's like protecting. He's like, it's funny. He's yeah. really translating. Well, he's also, he's not telling them I know. certain things. Yeah, that's he's, what I'm saying. He's, he's really translating. He's over-translating. Yeah. But the Don, who's Nino, supposedly, mm-hmm. but he's not the Don. And, you know, Tony's apparently was like, I'm not going to fucking talk to this guy. Yeah. And now Don Vittor- mm-hmm. uh, Z. Vittorio shows up at the dinner and everybody stands up. Mm-hmm. And then Tony goes to kiss him. And wow, how that gets demystified. Yeah. That all of a sudden he's like, will sure. I mean, what a great choice that David Chase made him completely oh, senile. Like so he had no, the towel around his neck. I mean, it was so good. And you don't clock that she's the boss. No. At all. Not in, nope. Um, what a great, I mean, what an amazing choice. That's David Chase. For yeah. You. That, that Fucking was great. Genius. So, yeah, that's where it, it, it really starts. You give this guy a golf club and he'll probably fuck it. I know, Paulie. <laughs> and Paulie's so excited and just wants to fucking talk about the, you try this octopus tone. Oh, my God. You know, and he's like, stop fucking interrupting me. <laughs> and I think Tony realizes that his men are idiots. Are, yeah, and that's yeah. why he wants this, this lunatic who well, will go punch a woman in the piazza. Well, that's why. Like, especially, <laughs> I, I, there was a close-up on Tony's face when Furio jumps on the old man and yeah. protect, protects him. And Tony's like, Loyalty. this is what I need. Yeah. You know, I need that type of guy. And that's why I think that light bulb went, went off for him. Well, he says that to her later. He says, I want somebody who has no ties to the U.S. Yep. And is not going to be talking shit with other families. No, just and this mine. guy's disconnected yeah. in that realm. And he's just going to be Tony's guy. And he sees the, the power that this guy has and the respect for his, for his Don. Oh, and... um. Z. Vittorio played Don Tomasino in Godfather mm-hmm. 3. I don't really know Godfather 3 like I do 1 and 2, but anyhow, I need to revisit 2 myself. That's I a nice little tidbit. One. It's a nice tidbit, yeah. It's a, it's a little GGP tidbit. 3 was a little tough, but I need to go back and watch it again. Major Deegan Express. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with this guy? Oh, my God. Oh my God. And then they cut to Christopher. He's a fucking mess. They got an awesome I song know. playing in Italian in the background. Um, again, that hotel room. Not in Italy. Oh, really? Nope. Built in Silver Cup. They shot that in New York. So they had to bring those boys here and shoot all the Italian stuff here. I mean, what did Christopher... Not here. Silver Cup. What did Christopher really go to Italy for? Just to see the inside of his hotel room? Shoot up, get drugs, and make excuses. Yep. For the whole thing. I think that this is the first time with the heroin, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I think you are wrong. Um, but anyway, at this dinner, he finds out uh-huh. that um, that neither Don Vittorio or um, Mauro, Mauro is is uh, Annalisa's husband, husband. Mm-hmm. none of them are running the, the this family, that it's, um, that it's Annalisa. Yep. He don't like that. No. Nope. He does not. He doesn't understand it. I don't even. He's just like this is out of my realm. A woman, a mob wife running this? No. Yeah, and then to make it even worse, Paulie says, "Can I have some macaroni and And gravy?" gravy?" 
Yes. You can't say gravy. <laughs> the fucking gravy but we goes call on it, a, We call it gravy. You do? Um, yes. I, 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 my grandmother you know used my to grandmother, the gravy. My grandmother must have said the, the gravy. The sauce too. for Italian-Americans, but she wasn't even, I mean, she was from Italy, but um, the gravy. Are you going to bring the gravy? Yeah. That's a common term. We don't really say gravy. And that's why he said it. My grandmother might have said it. Don't think that David Chait, that wasn't on purpose, you know? Every word, I think it's a real Italian-American thing to call it the gravy. Yeah, yeah, obviously not not an Italy thing, for sure, because they make fun of it. They say, were you like a German guy? What does he say? What's the exact line? And And you thought the Germans were classless pieces of shit. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, amazing. And then um, the whole bathroom scene, I questioned what, the, again, the bathroom is not in Italy. It's in Silver Cup Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, again, disappointment. Yeah, disappointment. But it also, and I could be th- going too deep, fast forward to the cave scene when Tony says, I don't shit where I eat kind of thing. Oh, yeah. but Because it's just a big it's a big setup of a scene for a toilet. And I was so, sort of like, wow, that they went far to just have that. But then again, it was worth it just to hear him say to Tony, yeah. Tony, I, I gotta, gotta get back go to the hotel. <laughs> what does he say? I don't remember. I gotta exactly. take a wicked shit. Yes. To hear fucking Paulie Walnut say, I gotta take a wicked I shit. Mean, that is so funny. And the I word wicked, it. I don't know. That's like, um, it's like Massachusetts. Boston. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like he is romanticizing what this this whole experience should be. His expectations are so high. Yeah, and it's then comedy. everything. Yes, totally. Don't Victoria goes, being senile is comedy. Comedy. Yeah. The bathroom, the wicked shit, everything. Comedy. Yeah, and then the the firecrackers outside. I know. So, but that too, it's like taking the mythology of the mafia. Yeah. And Dumb, it's, it's out. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, it's yeah. this big yeah. fucking firecrackers, little kids. You know what I mean? And then you see these big thugs beat the shit out of this little kid and, and punch, punch his mother. mother. Yeah, and then he goes, <laughs> and this is Naples University. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was good. That line was good. Um, but again, it's like you really see how kind of banal and just. I don't know. It, it's just so, um, it's so watered down. Yeah. It's just, there's no, there's no. Um, like, this is it? This is it? This is what I was coming towards, too? Yeah. Yeah. Firecrackers. That I mean, the, the only moment. thing I think for Tony is just seeing the respect that the old man got and seeing how the, he was tr- he was treated. Well, he can also think about how he's been taking care of his own mother compared yes. to how this woman's taking care of, of her father. But. He would never think twice about it because that's a woman's role. Yeah. But the fact that he, when he really realizes this is the boss mm-hmm. and that she still takes care of him is kind of a, a kind of a, probably a revelation to yeah. a degree. Um, and she I think, says, she addresses it in there. She says to him, um, what do you think? I'm going to put him in a home. But she yeah. says in Italian. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that, you know, his, his look of guilt during yeah. that scene. I'm totally. jumping ahead a little bit. Um, but um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what we do. Are you okay? What's up? Nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I mean, I know we can't take a break while we're doing the podcast, but I'm definitely <laughs> bleeding through my tampon. Sorry, man. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Sorry, men. What about me on the couch next? You're to you? fine. 
But I just need to make sure that. No, have, don't take off your pants. No, I'm not. I just want to make sure I have the right panties on. Oh, I do. Okay, I'm good. I have my proof panties on. Oh. I, I was I was afraid that I didn't have my proof panties on, and then I would have bled through onto your couch. You're safe, just like they do in baseball. I You're safe. safe. I got my leak lock <laughs> patent right between my legs. I'm all right. <laughs> um, we can continue the podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. tell me. Tell me things. Go to, I don't know, because I don't have it written out. Shopproof. Go to yes. Shopproof. Robbie, what's our code since you seem to know, since you're oh. the person who loves all of the proof panties more than anyone? Shopproof.com. Yes, men. I know that we have a, a dominantly male audience. So we've been telling the men to go buy their ladies. A little proof. Period panties so that they don't wear diapers to bed. Show proof that you love them. Get them. Oh, wow. Whoa. You see that? You just made a tagline. For, Show for some panties that you love your woman. Go buy What is it, them. Bobby? Is it, um, it's shop proof. And then just put in gangster goddess as your. Yes. As your code. <laughs> We're so delirious. Guys, because- I don't know. I'm just sitting here bleeding. And you shouldn't trust anything that bleeds for more than a week and doesn't die. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting that these men have a female boss Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to almost in a way you're like wow so these guys are really um evolved if they have a female boss because this wouldn't happen in the states but yet they punch that woman in the face i know so there isn't respect for women there's just it's sort of yes very chaotic uh-huh. sort of ways. But then you also don't know if Furio likes working for a woman because he says to Tony later, we don't have that in the States kind of thing. Um, so you don't really know where he stands with it. Hmm. But uh, supposedly these female gangsters that run these families are ruthless. I can't wait to get into that. I know. I cannot wait. I'm glad that you're into it. No, now. I am into it, especially after seeing this episode with Annalisa. But the, you know what? What happens with the scene with the firecrackers and mm. all that shit? You see our boys as gentle and merciful. It paints a picture, and yeah, like, especially Paul. He's like, he's just a kid. Yeah. I loved that delivery of that line. The way he said it, I, I really know. I believed did too. it, and I was like, oh, he is just a kid. And that mother pleading, she knew what those guys were. Yeah. Um, and so then we have the phone call, right? Then the, um, uh, uh, Tony's in the hotel room and Carm calls. He calls Carm. Yeah. And she's miserable. She's miserable. Yeah. I like when she says, uh, um, if I want the excitement of Chinese food, I don't need your permission. (laughs) She's just snapping at him. Um, she says, well, if the trip is as bland as this phone call and she wants it to be bland, you know, she doesn't want him to ha- be having a fucking no. great time. She's pissed. But he's saying it's pretty fucking awesome, but it's not like, you know, he's not bragging about anything. Um, but uh, that dream sequence pops up here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we talked about well, that you already. See, so we don't really need to talk yeah, about I it mean, again. It just shows that he's attracted to Annalisa. Who wouldn't be? She's gorgeous. I mean, and then they're in the, yeah. Yeah, we don't really have to get into it because we already talked about it, that it was shot from every angle and it wasn't her. I can't believe that. You know what? I could care less about her body. I just wanted to see that face anyway. It's that face that makes me crazy. She's, it's, it's her whole presence. I feel like it's her whole stature, everything. Oh my God. Um, And Angie wakes up. Oh, I got to stretch. And you see that pussy is, uh, 
he's tortured by playing both sides. I know. You know, he doesn't want to be in this position. He, you know, he's part of the family. He loves Tony. You know what the solution is? What? Get a hammer. Kill him. Just kill him. Kill him. That's the solution on The Sopranos. That's how that shit works. Um, Yeah. Still to understand why rats just don't come forward and tell the people they're ratting out. Because they'll get killed. They need help. Because they'll get killed. They know there's like a two sides to the coin. They could either. I was a rat. I know. But the fact is, like, if you told Tony, he would have killed you anyway. You would have been dead. He already told Christopher. You, your fate was sealed. Maybe. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, Chris is sick in his hotel room again. Polly tells him to get the fuck up. This is not how he's going to get made. Um, and he mentions in that scene that Tony wanted him to hang out at the dock facilities. There was actually scenes that might have been shot in that episode where they were showing the docks and the cars being loaded on and off. And they didn't use it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Just FYI. It's okay. a little trivia for you guys. <laughs> um, now, this scene is like a full on about like it wants to be the Godfather. But to- but David Chase would never do that. I think I bet you any amount of money they originally scouted out all these beautiful locations. Are you talking about him meeting Annalisa? And then going to her house. And the- um, what did you think of that? It was... Great. The fact that they had like all the Italian music, he's in the car and it's like beautiful and romantic outside. And then he pulls up to this house and you're like the big gates and going up the driveway. And all of a sudden the house is like a modern. He looks at the house and he's like, you can see the disappointment on his face. And then there's rap music. No, I mean, it just snaps you right back into it. He's like, perfect. Yeah. Once again, disappointment, regularness. Yes. Back into yeah, it. So, no, yeah, I thought um, it was, like, uh, amazingly. Totally Yes, totally. Um, but didn't you think that his view looked like the Hollywood Hills? No, I didn't. Oh, it did reminded you, me was of it? my... Well, it wasn't. No, no, no. So, Tony in... Well, Bocelli comes up again. Well, let's just clock the Bocelli. It's amazing how much mileage Bocelli got. By the way, yeah. can I just tell you something? We, um... We were invited to the Bocelli concert backstage, everything. And I think it was because we played it so much. I mean, he, he had like stock in the I show. Know. So it's I got re- to bring my whole family. That's amazing. Was, he, was it amazing? It was amazing. And I feel like we sat like, I don't know if it was on the stage. Uh-huh. If he had his guests like on a certain spot that was like ultra close to him. But um, it was pretty cool. It was magical. Those were the perks, guys. Those were the perks. You got some good perks. Who yeah, else did you cool. say you saw? Bruce Springsteen, Bocelli. Yeah. Well, we're going to stick to Bocelli right now because that's where we're at. I'm always going to relate it back to Jersey. Okay. So we're at the Soprano house with, I know you love this scene with Carmen Janice. Oh my God. I love this scene so much. I mean, this is, um, this is a big part of what the episode is about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of what the show's about, the hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's such a, it's such an amazing scene. And and Janice's delivery is beyond. Beyond. And both of them. I mean, yeah. you can't it's like they're so good. Yeah, to watch Edie turn in that in that scene is so when she fantastic. starts laughing at her at the oh. end. I mean, it's so great. So basically Carm's upset that and that Angie's getting a divorce. Um and then um because Carm has the same issues with Tony. Yeah, it's a mirror. Yeah. But um but first she walks in listening, she hears Bocelli. 
you know, Janice is like, ugh, this song. And um, mm-hmm. she thinks that she's upset about not Going being to able Italy. to go to Italy. And she rants about how awful it was, how the men are such womanizers, uh-huh. um, the whole, you know, macho um, being harassed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into talking about Angie Bompensero and about yeah. Sal. And uh, Sal, I just called him Sal. Sal, that ca- that came really natural big to you. Big puss. But yeah. this is a big Madonna mm-hmm. whore complex yeah. um, thing. She mentions it, but I mean, she's a total hypocrite because I mean, what what are some of the lines? I can't remember. Um, and she said, are you talking? And she's like, it's a me- medieval outlook. And she, Carm thinks Janice is basically referring to Tony and Carm. Right, but she says, um, well, when she says swaggering mama's boy, hypocrite. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she she's says, like, OC pricks with gumas, yes. um, emotional cripples. And expects wives to live like nuns. She really goes for it. But this is mm-hmm. what women are considered in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the juxtaposition of an Annalisa character. Yeah. And then you have Angie Bompensero, who says, fuck this. I'm not going to take it anymore. So she's one of these women that is taking a stand for herself and giving herself a chance. Mm -hmm. And she says that in that scene later on when when Carmela goes to her house, which is another amazing scene. Yeah. Um, But Janice is such a hypocrite because what she says about Richie, she goes, you know, he learned a lot about uh, about um, his life experience in prison. He has a sensitivity to the plight of women. How the fuck do those two lines relate? Yeah. And that's part of the humor of the show, that she would even come to that conclusion mm-hmm. is meaningless. Yeah. The two things have nothing to do with each no. other. No. No. But that's I mean, her. And then we see, you know, we know what happens later. Because yeah. he's the most evil of them all. Even though he says, if you ever lay a hand on my niece, I'll fucking kill you or whatever. Yeah. Another hypocrite. I mean, it's just like dominoes yes. of hypocrisy here. All throughout, um, layered, layers of it. But when she says that about his sensitivity to the plight of women, that's when Karm is like, oh, my God. <laughs> She's like, I was going to take you serious, but now you just made no. me. I don't know what the exact lines were, but I'm not quoting it, but it was great. But then she has that moment when she walks away. Yeah, and she realizes. And yeah, she knows the truth that she is talking about her, and she knows the mm-hmm. truth about about herself. And it's basically like... Every every conversation that Carmela has, mm-hmm. she's seeing herself and that, she's working yeah. out all of her turmoil through other people's circumstances to a degree. Well, it's good when she's got all these other mob wives and they're all doing the same thing. But, the you know, one is breaking the mold and yeah. she's breaking and she's like, I'm going to get a divorce. I don't want to wait home. He's got these gumas. I don't know if he's dead or alive. And she's had enough. That's. That's Carm's life. And Carm is just like, I am, you know, now. But now it's even she's beyond gonna, that. It's yeah. the not paying attention, not touching my face, not noticing me, ignoring yeah. me. The cancer thing. Yes. You absolutely. know, that's that that's oh, that's been a killer for me, well, you know, he, in any relationship. If that if that's when it becomes that way, mm-hmm. you know, it's well, one he thing. He disregarded her when he went to Italy without her. So that's another yeah. thing. Yeah. That's where he's his own worst enemy. He should have taken her to the fucking Bahamas with Barb and whoever Barb's husband is. I don't know. But what were you going to say about your own relationship? Yeah, I just cut you off. I don't remember. You're, oh, no. Okay. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. That's a thing in life where you are you could be with a man 
I mean, look, when you've been married for many years mm-hmm. and you guys have an, a mutual understanding that it's not always that way. Yeah. But to be totally disregarded and in such a callous way, like like mm-hmm. a pussy ignores her in that way. Like, yeah, fine, whatever. Like, don't oh, fucking you, bother me. Yeah. Like that kind of attitude. I mean, who want, who would ever want to live with that? would be painful. Pain. Very painful. Yes. So, um, and it works on your own self-confidence. So for her to build the confidence to say, I'm worth more than this, I'm going to fucking leave. And then mm-hmm. Carmela, because she has no self-confidence in so many ways and doesn't want to change her way of life, mm-hmm. she's going to now break down Angie's confidence I know. In, in being able to have the balls to take a stand and say, fuck this, I'm out of here. Well, I think it took Angie getting a lump in her breast to realize like but she says it too with, yeah to being faced with death to be like is this the life that i want for myself you rebirth know? busted re- and readjusted yes what happens when you get busted like that yeah what do you do do you, do you keep on making the same patterns do you keep on making the same mistakes to repeating the same patterns that's no. what i meant to say no we don't you, you know pivot. what we do we make we make we make a new podcast yes we do just you like do. this <laughs> Just here, like this and one. here we are, folks. Yes. With the Gangster Goddess broadcast. Gangster Goddess broadcast. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I'm but sinking I love into how, the couch. Like, you know, I, I will say this. Karm is always like, um, in, this, in, in this one scene, She marriage is a holy sacrament. So I feel like, my, I know from my experience, and I do want to relate to this, growing up with my mother, who was super religious, she wanted to keep the family together for the church. For the church. It was always about the excuse of this is what you do. It's a holy sacrament, the family, the church, you know, but I'm like, no, you guys have a shitty relationship. How far does it go, though, with spirituality where all of a sudden, like, when is it real and when is it used as as a backup and and an excuse to write off your issues? Yeah. But um, I don't even think that like, I've experienced I, that in my I, life. I don't I, know about you. I don't. And you with your mom have. Well, I don't think that my mother or Carmel. Uh, oh, you almost said Carmel. Why do I want to call her Carmel? Call her Carmel. No, I, her name is Karma <laughs> or Carmela. I get it. Don't freaking I write know me. I you know it. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm funny. talking to you. <laughs> oh, the audience. <laughs> talking there. to you. Um, I know her name. Anyway, um, Carmela. And my mother would use it as an excuse, but I don't know if they knew or know that they're using it as an excuse just because they're so used to this. This relationship is like, it's like an old hat or a blanket or whatever. And they're they're scared. They're scared to leave. So they're like, oh, religion. I got married under God's eyes. I have such a hard time with that. I know. Me too. I was like in fourth grade telling my mom, this is not leave my, my father's a great dad. They were a great, she was a great mother, but they I weren't don't even great mean together. That. I don't even mean that particular instance. I just mean in general, but I was also raised in a Catholic family, in mm-hmm. Catholic schools, yeah. but my mom didn't believe in any of it. Oh, so right? my mom was hardcore. My mom was hardcore. like, you are your own person. You will never follow an institution of any kind. You will never adhere to anybody's agenda or mm-hmm. structure. And then when my brother was shot, which Jesus. I don't know if I fucking ever talked about I'm just that. just going to put that out there, people. Anyway, when my brother was shot, let me just mention, by the way, my brother wants to do a podcast and with us. And he's living. And he didn't get shot it. and killed. Let's he, just no, say No, he's that. living. And he wants to come on and t- talk about my crazy family. You guys will definitely want to tune in for that. Yeah. One. But anyway, she went back. She ended up going back to Catholicism 
And now she's, she's very psycho Catholic, yeah. but she also has dementia. So she reads her prayers like it's like this, it's uh, like mm-hmm. it, it's obsessive almost. But um, I'm spiritual. I mean, I believe I have I'm my beliefs. Too, I believe I in God. Believe I believe in Jesus. In, um, I do. I believe in all of it. Yeah. I believe in every incarnation that there is. Um, and I believe that everybody has the, the right to their own ideas of what is spiritual and what is religion for them. But I have a hard time with rules that have to do with spirituality. Like, no, I agree with that. How could there ever be We're going a rule off. and a stipulation? Point? No, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not no. because she uses this yes. as her as her backbone mm-hmm. on everything. I know. And it's a fucking excuse. Father Phil, everyone. Oh, well, he does. He, these fucking priests, they don't give a shit about. No, I agree. About spirituality. They're on the, they're on the take. Oh, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Especially, anyway, yes. Oh, then they they intercut. They intercut with um, that scene with Janice at the very end. They're back at Annalisa. He's watching Annalisa. Oh, you know. And with her toenail clippings. I know. And that's so. The men in men in yokis, men yokis. The malo the malokis. The malokia. Whatever. And she doesn't say it there, but she says it later to him. She doesn't even say the word malokia. She said it keeps the the evil off of you. If you burn them, um, <laughs> but I cannot believe that freaking scene where she's where uh, she's a total strike. A strike is a witch. Yes, that's some witchy old world shit, mm-hmm. and I love it. And she and he's just sitting there staring at her, eating a fucking pear. And, yeah, um, and I think Bocelli comes up again, right? I think so. So, yeah, while they're having this conversation about how um, they have the gumas on the side while expecting their wives to, to, to live as chaste as the celibate nuns, you then cut to this woman who is 100% in charge of her environment. Yeah. She has someone working on her feet and her toes in her yard. Very much like me, actually. I know. She kind of did remind me of you. Yeah. <laughs> With your... <laughs> you know... It's just those but, nails. Uh, Do you keep your, your, your fingernail clippings? Um, my daughter likes to save her fingernail clippings. Okay. And I think it's because she's a weirdo, but then we throw them out. Yes. Um, but she's also a witch, my daughter. So anyway, then we uh, get please. we we get to see um, Sophia. Please don't mind us saying this, filthy old men. Her butt. Oh. Jesus. I was going to starting to compare Carmen and Elisa, but okay. We were talking about. Well, well you go from butt. that scene to this scene. I know, but it's so different. That's some, I'm just saying like harm's life is very confined. And then we have like what you're saying and Elisa and um, she's, well, we just spoke about this within Elisa. Well, yeah, we can talk about it here. Yeah. Too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, you go. So we're just, you, no, you, you want to talk about, you want to talk about. About her ass, and so she's playing her, golf. I want to talk about her butt. But first. the fact that Tony had to posture like that, yo, you want me to buy? What are you doing with such big clubs? Oh, you want yeah. me to buy you a whole set? Of, I'll of send you girl, a girl clubs. clubs. I am man, and I am right here, and I come to save the day. Yeah, Asshole. no, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, I do. I also like the camera angle here. He's she. She looks. Like a fucking goddess. And he's below her. Yeah. Because they're in a mountain. So he's definitely beneath her. So the eyeline is shot. They're on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. she's up there and she's just like, um, he's asking to be introduced to the boss. And she goes, you can talk to me. Yes. And she doesn't skip a beat. 
No. Like it's so immediate. You can talk to me. I also heard that this is another scene where they were losing light and they had to relight it with lights all over. So it would still look like daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, he says to her. Um, A woman boss. Well, there's that. But he says that you're your father's nursemaid or something. Your fa- you take care of your father. And she goes, I am my father's nursemaid. Yeah. You know, she's and there's no ego about it. Mm-mm. There's no insecurity about no, it. No, I think she's actually the opposite. She's proud. Yeah. The fact there's no like he I yes. But he was trying to diminish her. Yes. I think she and she's the like no, no no no. I am mother nature. Yes. I am all the all encompassing being. I can do this. And, and I can fucking do your job, motherfucker. And I'm a sex pot. Uh-huh. And I could wear these pants. <laughs> yeah. And I can fucking golf with a man's golf club. Yes. It was amazing. She's like, suck my dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how she, when he was like, a woman boss, are you crazy? And she basically explain, explains to him that men in Italy kill each other. And they're all obsessed with their mothers. Uh-huh. And that's why it's natural for a woman to be boss because they listen to their mothers from the time of birth. But it's Rebirth. exactly what, what Aida says too. Uh, mama's boys. Yeah. They're all fucking mama's boys. Yep. And the way the Italian women love their kids. Oh, oh my God. It's a problem. The way we love our sons, it's, it's problematic. It is a problem. And our daughters. Um, we just love hard, man. We just love everything hard. And how about how much... Uh, Every other scene is, you hungry? You hungry? I am. You hu- I'm <laughs> starving. <laughs> I know you're talking about the scene inside oh. the episode, but I am starving. Okay. Um, so then they go well, that's, to eat. Oh, that's the line, by the way. If your enemy comes into possession of your nails or your hair clippings, they can make the evil on you. They can make the, I'm going to make the evil <laughs> on you in a second. <laughs> and now we got Paulie and he's getting demystified. The, all the veneers Aww. slowly chipping away at the beauty of Italy. Yeah. Even though to us it looks awesome. But then he looks at David Chase. David Chase is like, yeah, fuck off. He's like, all right, you cocksucker under his breath. They ignore him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor Polly. And then they cut back to Tony and Annalisa walking on the shore. And this scene I love. And this is the dirty scene. This is where I noticed all those it was disgusting. The filthy. beach. Yeah. It was filthy. I was like, really? That's Italy? Yeah. I mean, I've been there, Naples. like I said, a couple. Of, oh, but if disgusting. you take the boat across from uh-huh. Naples to Capri, it's totally different. I don't know. All I noticed there was like just filth and like it needed to be recycled, that whole entire beach with all those bottles and cans. I wonder if it was that way or if they added to it. They had I to. definitely think they, I don't think they added to it in that wide shot. I think they definitely added to it in the cave of um, Gyumi. Gyumi. <laughs> Gyumi. The cave of Gyumi. Um, yeah, this is a great scene. It is um, amazing. She, the way she freaks out. About Furio. When he mentions wanting Furio. I know. She goes from zero to 60 so fucking fast with that Neapolitan swagger and, and temper. Yeah. She reminds me so much. Of, but Italians are hot-headed, you know, and that's oh, how she she's was like, so good. She's like Anna Magnani in that scene. She reminds me of Anna Magnani. Yeah. It makes me insane when I watch her argue with him. And she goes, my husband, fuck you. He is never coming back. So you have to deal with me. Well, you- I think that I don't know. I don't remember which scene, which, which came first. Did Tony ask for Furio first 
or he accused her of like, or first he asked to talk to her husband. Because I think if the husband came second. No, the husband was, I think, when first. they were golfing, no? No, no. Tony says he wants to talk to her husband. He sees men as being like in charge and stuff. And she says, my husband, fuck you. He's never coming back. So you have to deal with me. And then he says, up your ass. Oh, no. And he leaves and he walks and then she she walks away. He walks away. Yeah. This is this scene. So basically, That's right. That's yeah, right. him asking for Furio was just um, was in the beginning of the scene. Well, she's like, you're not going to fucking take advantage of me. No. You know? Yeah. She wants. She's, she's like, that's my, my cousin. My cousin and her, her best guy. Her best guy. And yeah. he knows that. Yeah. Forget about it. So he got the cars and Furio. She just she, she knows cars, that yeah. these Americans are going to come there, try to shake her down. She's a woman, whatever. And she's showing them who the fucking boss is. Yeah. And then they cut to um, that that intense scene where you really see she's in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the juxtaposition of oh. of the scene with Angie, Angie where dropping she's the eggs. a housewife and her eggs are broken on the floor. Everything nobody's helping her. Everything is shattered in her life. The yeah. eggs are dropping. Her life is a scrambled mess. Oh, yes. Very of eggs. It's a scrambled mess of eggs. I just eggs. came up with that right now. Do you like that? Okay, yeah. good. Anyway, um, it was sad. I mean, we've it all is. been there, felt hopeless and mm-hmm. needed to get out, wanting to get out, right? He just wants to know where his belt is. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. No. He could care less. And she tells but him. But I will been- say, he's got other shit on. He's going to kill somebody. Yeah. He's got other shit on his mind. He's got I business know. on his mind. I know. But still, just how out of control the whole thing is. I mean, truthfully, their lives aren't that much different because if Annalisa is there dealing with a mafia life, mm-hmm. it's not like uh, she's not living in fear of some kind as well. Oh, she's probably so. looking over her shoulder as well all the time. But there were some female mafiosos that were so covert and so under the radar, especially that one that I, that I was talking about with Sofia Lichardi. She was like known for dodging the police oh, and really? the FBI all the time. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that feeling here with Annalisa because they were like out in the open, walking the yeah. beach. Well, but... it's a one hour episode. Yes. That's, why I want, that's why I want to do this. Uh, I want to do a mini series on uh, the female mafia. We will. We'll get there. Um, and then anyhow. we see Chris passed out and drugged up in that hotel room. Yeah. Oh, God. He misses the tour. He misses everything. And he's got he's got a girl with him. Oh, I, yes. I don't know if they were this hooking up, This is the scene where that awesome song was. I don't know if they were hooking up or they're just drug, drug I don't buddies. know. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Let's just okay, go. Okay. You're going to get upset. I'm sorry. Your I don't want to talk about it. Your boyfriend was cheating on you. I don't want to talk about how Christopher was, was, was hanging out with this other whore. He's just like, he's an adrenaline junkie. He just wants to like the high he highs. Wants to escape. Yeah. But he just, yeah. he has no arc. He has no arc. That's he what I'm no saying. Arc. Like everything is is boring to him, so he's got to get high. Because now he elevated. That's what I feel like. Because I've never might, tried. He has have, no talent. I never. I've never tried heroin. And let me tell you, I hear from people who have that it's like the crazy. Like you just don't want to go there because then what do you compare the rest of life and the regular regularness of life to if you have this high high that's supposedly euphoric? Well, you're who knows? Half don't when do. You're on dope. But in your head, it's the, you're going somewhere yeah. else. Don't do drugs. Okay, moving Don't on. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Pussy <sighs> at um, with the um, at Jimmy Bones' house. Um, pussy Kiss at Jimmy Bones' house. with oh. a hammer. Yeah. That's nuts. That's nuts. By the way, that lamp 
Did you remember the lamp in there? No, the what blue was it? Elvis lamp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that lamp. You did? You're I like did. that's my lamp. I had that lamp. I got excited when I saw it. <laughs> and then Furio comes to Tony's room, mm-hmm. and uh, so Pussy's killing a, an Elvis impersonator. The absurdity of that, first of all. I mean, it's just. And the then details. you cut to Furio, who is this really tough guy, mm-hmm. but he's working for a woman. So the first question is, how do you like working for a woman? Um, Furio comes up there to tell him that the boss wants to have dinner. Yeah. And he's like, what does he say? All Jesus do- Christ, is that all you people do? Eat. Yeah. Fucking love it. Yeah. Food brings everybody together. But so, Furio yeah. calls her the boss. And I like when he says... In America, you don't have my stomach just grump, just just oh, literally so grumbles. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat your face. I think we might be making people listening to this hungry too because we keep talking about how so hungry we are. Hungry. Okay, so then we're at Angie's house um, and Pussy. Wait a second. Wait a second. Her this, wait. This scene is really important. This is an important scene to me. Let me just go over it really go quick. Ahead. I, I um, Furio to. comes to Tony's room and he says, "In America, you don't have a female boss." And I don't know if he likes that or doesn't like it. And then Annalisa calls for him to eat. And uh, I just thought that it was interesting that, and I wanted to ask her this and I forgot. Her outfit choice mm-hmm. was not the skin tight dresses Mm-mm. that were all revealing and sexy. Yeah. She was wearing an old world, like Sophia Loren. beautiful, yeah. Um, loose kind of, but still sexy. Yeah. And they show her in the garden with the food. Yes. Now you see her in a totally different light. You're not seeing her as this um, siren in charge of every everything with her sexy dresses on. This is uh, like this real romanticizing homey, it again. But I think that she needed to work on him, and he's out. He's done. Fuck this. I'm not dealing with oh, a woman. So this was a manipulation. No, I don't think it was a manipulation. But you see how easily lured in he is. To, it's, it looks like a scene out of The Godfather. Yeah. It's more like the the Apollonia character mm-hmm. in The Godfather, seeing her like that and yeah. her glory with the food, nurturing, food, feeding. She's like, I will still forage your food and still run your life. Like, yeah. I will feed you and do everything. Um, oh, she's another amazing. moment of her being a goddess. But I think in some ways, seeing her with the food, with the more homey dress, makes her more acceptable. For as, him, as a female in his in life. his world, in his in his yeah. perception of what that should look like, absolutely. Because it was definitely a, a big change, and it was a choice that they made. Yeah. In in the show, to have her holding all the food. Yes. And to be wearing that that nice little dress. Anyway, that was all I nice had to say. Dress. And then boom, you go from her Back being to- the boss and commanding him, and him totally giving in. Yeah. He's like, all right. If that were a man, he would have been out the fucking door, and he might have been murdered. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But because it was her, he totally crumbles. Um, and then you you see Big Pussy come home and bringing flowers to Angie. I know. I know. I mean, he was so emotionless the way he gave them to her. But I really feel like maybe he was emotionless because it's their relationship is so uncomfortable now. He doesn't even know. He's like, you awful know, with her. But they're past the point of of mending things or having that conversation. Even yeah, last season, though, he was awful. It was a different character. Yeah. But I remember him, like, having a weird reaction with her. It was two different. It was a different, um, by the way, a little note is that Angie Bompensero and um, Silvio, her name's Gabrielle, 
Dante, they were played by different women in season one. So oh, now Angie uh-huh. Bompensero is played by Tony Kaylin. Bompensero. And Stevie Van Zandt's actual wife <gasps> plays Silvio's wife. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I can't wait. I love it. Um, and I think she has a podcast, well, by the way. So okay. we'll, have to, we'll have to talk to her. We'll have yes. to talk to her. You know we'll, what I mean? We'll talk. We'll talk. Um, okay. So then uh, Tony and Annalisa are on the steps after their dinner. And this is where he's kind of falling for her, for sure. Oh, yeah. That see, the, the camera angle was cut. You don't see him really touching her leg, but he's touching her leg, but you can barely see yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And this whole scene is, you know, it's family, mm-hmm. food. And he's um, like, oh, wait, you were born in this house? And then you're, you know, your father was born in this house? And um, your kids, like, he was just, like, so enamored by the whole family. Yeah. Together. Which he doesn't have. And that's his whole thing with the ducks. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he's, he's so afraid a, of losing his family. I love that. And this is really tight. Like, yeah. You don't, you don't give up on, your, on, on each other, Mm-mm. you know. Even yeah. even Sophia, as she was saying about her own her own family, her father, and she's like, I, you know, oh yes, I was talking about Annalisa, but like she's this is where she's saying that she takes good care of her father. What are you going to do? Send him to um, a home, a house? How do you say that word? Ospizio. 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 I have no idea. I'm just repeating. He what doesn't you say. fully react to it, but you know, he must you have know. a thought about it. Yeah, he's got um, guilt ridden face, facial. But I even loved, like, there was something going on in that scene, like, barely tell what it was. And I wanted to ask her, but we talked about so many other things that we didn't even really talk about the scenes. Which she draws him in, in that scene. Like, she knows that there's something, he wants to hang out with her. And then all of a sudden, she just leaves him dry. She calls her kids over. And she's yeah. like, what are you talking about? I got to go. Like, you know, and she and just leaves. she's speaking Sp- uh, Spanish, um, Italian in that yeah. scene. Ugh. Oh, yeah. With her family. He, he had expectations and once again, disappointed, didn't get the goal, the yep. gold. Totally. Mm-hmm. And then we see Carmen. She visits Angie um, and Angie's explaining she's going forward with the divorce and God has given her a gift and she's not going to. Second chance. She's not going to waste it. Yeah. I, I feel it. She's and not- I like how that. That comes out of the scene with Annalisa and Tony, where mm-hmm. he would have cheated on her in that moment. Yep. And now Carm is going to convince a woman not to divorce her husband who yeah. pays absolutely no attention to her. And was about to cheat if he could. Because it's a sacred institution, mm-hmm. marriage. I, I got mad, like, you know, when the Car- Carmela was saying, like, you know what the church says about divorce. Like, this woman is dealing, dealt with cancer, well, the thought of having cancer. Mm-hmm. And then is making, like you said, a strong choice for herself and to change her life. And Carm's like her friend that's supposed to be supporting yeah. her. What about and female instead, empowerment? Yeah. What about like, good for you? He's been, you know, dragging yeah. you through the mud for years. How about let's start a movement? How about let's all leave them? How about let's all do it? Let's all get together and leave these assholes. <laughs> yeah. Not us. When they get the back women from Italy, of the Sopranos. we're fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're going to Italy. Yeah, and we're taking half of their fucking money that's and we're right. out. And we're going to fucking turn state's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> That's the movement. Um, But she says, I thought myself into non-existence because Carmela's saying, think about it more. And she's like, I thought myself into non-existence. That's a fucking great line. I know. Because I've done that. I know what that feels like. And and then she also says, fuck what pussy sees. It's what I see. Yeah. That's the fucking, that's it. That's right. That's the fucking boom. Mm -hmm. No one, none of the other female characters on the show. Oh, I just wanted to play That's footsie. okay. That's, I like Are going to say that. I They're know. not going to fucking say that. If Adriana had said that, she might have been alive. 
Um, and I love when she says to Carmela, why are you working so hard, Carm? Yeah. And it's like, and Carmela's like, in the end, I know you're not going to leave him. She just, I know you She's talking about herself. That. She's yeah. talking about herself. But she just tried to convince this woman not to have the confidence to leave. Because she'll be on that, because Carmela will be alone on that island. Misery loves company. And the second that someone deviates and does the right thing, you have to question yourself and what, what, what action you're going to take. And should you be taking action? And maybe it's okay to leave them. I was disappointed in Carm. I was too. I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed as well. Yeah. I'm going to have a sip of water. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. It's almost dinner time, Chris. I know. We talked about food the whole episode. Almost dinner time. Um, okay, then Paulie in the hotel room with the fucking hooker. Oh, another. That was supposed to be shot in Italy. Uh-huh. And they didn't have enough time. Oh, really? They recreated the hotel room that they actually had for him. And they had to fly the Neapolitan hooker to Silver Cup Studios. Oh my God. She How was funny is that? She was great. Amazing. But again, disappointment. He was like, she couldn't be more bored with him. The conversation, the best thing about that whole entire scene for me was her itching her foot. I don't oh, know yeah. why. That's a great choice, I man. Mean, As an I actor, like, that's a great choice. I know think, it's little. I don't know. I think it was a great choice, but do you, I feel like that's got to be a David Chase call. No. You don't think she No, did? she's a Neapolitan actress. You don't think that he said, no. make, just do something like Oh, yeah, he probably foot. said, be bored. Act bo-. Not be, you never no, tell the actor, footage. be anything. But, um... Like that footage. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was written into the script. Because it was so weird. I was like, oh, she could give a shit. She's itching something I mean, on she's it. she's cleaning her twat. Is she? I don't remember that. I just remember her like with the foot. The foot thing She's cleaning out. her pussy Oh, in yeah, sink. in the sink. Yes, yes. Before they're in the hotel room, though, mm-hmm. the, he's walking around in outside. And he, that, that's a stolen shot. Paulie Walnuts was not in costume. He was not Paulie Walnuts. He was in Tony Sirico's clothes. And Timmy Van Patten said, just go walk up there. It looks awesome with the gondola. Um, and, I'll, and we'll just shoot. So he ran up there and they shot. And I'm watching the scene and I'm like, wait a minute. I know that woman. I rewound it four times. It's Angela Tarantino, the publicist from HBO. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. It was a oh, publicist from HBO walking by in the scene. I was like, they must have needed an extra, and they put Angela They're in like, there. They're like, get you, you, over there, get in. She must have been there. So I thought that was pretty funny. That is cool. So anyway, then, then they end up in the hotel room yeah. that um, obviously was shot at Silver Cup, and they had to bring that actress in, and she's cleaning her pussy in the sink. And I love the part that she's cleaning her pussy in the sink, because it's crazy. Yes. I mean, like a true whore. I love it. Um, so then there's Tony and and Elisa walking around at the historical monuments. Yeah. And she's, she shares, um, some Greek Roman history as they walk into the cave. Well, uh, say it. Cumin. Cumin. I want to say Kumai, but it's, it's Cumi because you would say Cumian. And, um, I thought that trash and that, and that, and that trash cam was deliberate, by the way. Probably. That was probably Mm -hmm. placed there. But I did think this was an interesting scene. Of course, you know I'm going to have to expound upon it a tiny bit. Yes. Um, because I know I just hit the mic with my finger. Sorry. <laughs> is that a problem? So anyway, this scene at the cave is an important scene. First of all, I thought, wow, perfect fucking casting that you're casting a Greco-Roman um, goddess or a sibyl to play this scene. Yeah. I mean, she's not, I'm not a sibyl, not, she's not a prophetess, but maybe she is who the hell knows. <laughs> but, um, 
because the scene is uh, that that cave has so much history and she yeah. explains the history to him. But one part of history that she doesn't explain to him about the Sybil was one of the prophecies. And there's a lot of different stories. I mean, she, this Sybil is also depicted um, on the Sistine Chapel, which, by the way, I believe that might have been. I don't know if I can say that it might have been one of the last places that that that, that Jim visited. Oh. when he was in Italy and passed away. Oh, Jesus, that's right. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that. I just know that he was in Italy yeah, and he watching, passed away. Ginger and I watching that episode. Mm -hmm. um, oh, God, I didn't yeah, even we put were that thinking together. About that. We were thinking about that a lot because there's this amazing picture of Jim and um, Michael DeCasper, who was the first AD on that balcony, and they're both gone. Oh, my God. I know. So a shout out to our... Um, to, to the OG gangsters of the Sopranos yeah. in that moment. Cause Ginger posted that picture recently on Jim's anniversary. And uh, it was, uh, it was definitely the mm. two of them, but anyhow, back to the, the prophecies of the, of the Cumi, Cumi, Cumi. Yes. Um, there's a story about the Sybil going, saying to the King, that she has these, I don't know how many books, I'm going to get this wrong, but like eight books. Uh -huh. And he said, and they have all of the secrets of the underworld or whatever he needs to know or the future. And um, she'll, she'll offer them for a certain amount of money. And he says, hell no. And he, and she goes, okay. And then she burns three of the books and comes back to him and now only has this many books uh -huh. and says, they're still the same price. Would you like them? And he goes, you just burned three. And she's like, yep. And he's like, nope, but he really wants these books. Uh -huh. But he won't take them at her price. And she keeps going back. And finally, she's down to three books. And he realizes, I got to take these fucking books. And he takes those burned. three books mm -hmm. for the same price as all eight books. Uh -huh. Does that make sense? I just yeah. hit the mic No, you again. totally made sense. Um, which is basically what's going on in that cave and what's going on on this whole trip. The two of them negotiating over the car price mm -hmm. and Furio and him wanting more men now in the cave. He says to her, he starts off, I think at 85. Yeah. Um, she keeps going back and forth. Okay. You can have Furio, you know, even when she tries to seduce him in that scene and he says, I don't shit where I eat. She is not really looking to seduce him. She's just saying, I don't take you seriously, motherfucker. Yeah. Because, because she said, he says, I don't shit where I eat. And she does in a second, she goes at those fucking prices. Come on. We're not in business. Yeah. There's no business here. Asshole. You're a plaything for me at this point. Mr. Tony Soprano, big mafia guy. Yeah. Um, because you're not negotiating in the world that I would negotiate. But then he hits her with all these negotiations. And finally she gets the cars for 75,000 each mm -hmm. and Furio. And then he even says, I want more men as I ask for them. Anyway, so the prophecy of Kumi. I like that. Yeah. You're a good storyteller. All about negotiating. Honestly, I, I didn't really tell the story no, you, very well. You and did. I might have I just put you to it. sleep. But I think that was the reason why David chose that story. Um, not so much for the for the Aeneid reasons. And there's a lot of other stories because the all of those prophecies have to do with the underworld. And what is the mafia life? 
Underworld. It's the underworld. World, yeah. So, and Hades and all these. Okay, you I'll You kind of are a wealth of knowledge. I'm getting I was just like, up. I felt like one of your children that I can like, like, I see how you tell these stories and it's so nice. Like, I was learning. Yeah, okay. I learned a lot from you. But she says Uncle to him, Dre. He is his own <laughs> worst enemy. Yes. You're your own worst enemy. Yep. And, and I think true. he knows that. Mm-hmm. And at least it reminds him of someone from back home. Right? Yeah. Well, because she, Melfi rules his mafia life when he was there. I mean, he was basically using her to run um, business more smoothly and efficiently and effectively because he was giving her insights. She was giving him insights to his own, his own path. Yeah. Like a Sybil. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was pretty interesting and, and, and a fun, but oh God, I wish we would we could have gotten her to say these Italian lines. And then we, that's it. They negotiate. They get what they need. Um, and then and uh, Sal's picking up the guys from um, from the airport from Italy. Yeah. And then Paulie can't stop raving about Italy and tells Paulie he needs to stop. He's making Paul, pussy jealous. Not just that, but look at the smile he has on his face when he's looking at Newark. I know. I he's know, happy to be back I home. Know. He's so funny. He's like, fuck Italy. Yeah. Under, under his breath, he's like, fuck Italy. He's like, I had this, this whore who wasn't like, at least the was women at the her bot- pussy and wiping her feet. I mean, at least the Bada Bing girls are all over him and they're acting like he actually matters. That freaking prostitute could give she a could shit care less. about him. But um, just so you guys know out there, the Banaka thing, that's total Tony Sirico. He would spray Banaka oh, in anyone's really? mouth who came near him. Really? Anyone. Did he have a thing? Yeah, he had a thing. He had, oh, he's also a germaphobe. Oh, I can see that. I mean, he's so well quaffed and like oh, yeah. whatever it's called. I love him so much. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Um, so, so Jersey Christ- looks ugly. Jersey looks ugly. Christopher um, is buying a gift for Adriana and is bullshit. He's pretending again that he actually went shopping or did something Liar. besides doing drugs. He's his drugs. own worst enemy. Almost his enemy. own worst enemy. I mean, getting involved in drugs. Mm-hmm. Every character in this episode is their own worst enemy. Yeah. Um, Tony seems frustrated and sad. A little bit. Well, when he gets home and he comes home with all those bags. I remember my parents coming home with all those bags from Italy, too. And I'll be honest, I was pretty frustrated and sad because I was Carmela. I was like, oh, so you guys just went to Italy. Without you. And you bought all these fucking presents and you Mm. left me here a whole summer. And now you think that all the presents are going to mean something? Yeah. So I was Carmela upstairs, um, hearing the door open, getting excited, and then knowing, why are you getting excited? Aww. You know? Just for little trinkets, you know? You but go. you know what? I said, tear into I know. shit. <laughs> um, and then when he gets home, we see Carm. And she's just like looking in the bedroom, looking sad. Yeah. And that's a great shot where you, you really feel his loneliness, the, that overhead shot in the house, his loneliness. Well, I feel like she kind of goes back to, it goes back to that saying um, with Angie, when Angie said, um, pussy, he comes home and our hearts sank, you know, and she was disappointed basically. And yeah. that, I feel like that Karma's was having that, like the, her heart oh, sank, totally. he's home, she's got to deal with this again. And now she's looking in the mirror of, of, of Angie's mirror. Oh, yeah. You know, so now it's just like, oh, he's back. Totally. She's looking through a new lens. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho. That's yeah. it for season two, episode four. Tune in next week for episode five, Big Girls Don't Cry. 
where we see Tony and Dr. Melfi back in therapy together. Furio's arrival in the U.S. and Christopher taking an acting class. Mm, I buy him those acting classes, by the way. Oh, you do? I think I do, if I remember correctly. Okay. Don't forget to subscribe and give a little love to our sponsors, HelloFresh and Proof. Give a little love by supporting them. Go to their websites. We mentioned it. Um, we mentioned it in the episode. So what else? That's oh. it, Chris. Oh, that's it, Chris. We're done. See you next Tuesday. And that's your See expression. You next Tuesday. Gangster Goddess Broadcast is a UV Ways and Monkey Mind Music Group production. Executive produced by Dre and Chris and theme song by UV Ways. Oh.